Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're good. Wicked Wicked Remix. <laughs> hey, what's going on? It's Top of the Dude Chain, episode 675. Whatever. Ooh, it's 75. Good intro. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting us back 10 episodes. <laughs> anyway, we, uh, we're we dry for the first time in a, probably about three weeks. Yeah, man. It's been raining. And not super dry. I mean, it rained a little bit today. Yeah. yeah. We're so, a little bit moist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ground is... Uh, Ground is definitely uh, a little saturated, man. Days. It is super saturated. Was it saturated when you mowed? I mean, could you tell it was a little spongy? Uh, we didn't mow, man. Uh, someone mowed for us. Well, as you were we walking. just had to weed eat an edge today. Was it still pretty, um, pretty wet? You weren't kicking up dust with the weed eater, though. No, it was, it, was, it was soily looking. Yeah. Hey, man. Come to the conclusion there are two types of people in this world. Really? Yeah. And uh, what are your two types of people? Because a lot of people say that. This one has to do with people when they know somebody's waiting on them. Mm-hmm. And whether they actually get into a hurry or they just... Or if that slows them down. Meander. Yeah. Are are you, you, oh, you're waiting on me? A couple Let examples. Let me slow it down. I was at my... You know, we're at the end of the school year, so I was at my daughter's award ceremony. Yeah. So, you know, it's all this whole process to get a certificate or something, which, anyway, I digress on all that stuff. But everyone gets a certificate, so it's, you know, get a certificate, stand in front of the stage, let your parents take a picture, go back to your yep. seat. Anyway, so this one girl gets a certificate, but she bypasses the stage and goes and sits down. And so they stop the whole thing, like, hey, you need to come up here and take your picture. And it's just the slowest, most lackadaisical strut <laughs> up to the stage while we're all sitting there yeah. ready. It's like my kid's already gone through. This is fifth grade. Fourth yeah. grade's already gone. Like, I don't even have to be there to watch you. Yeah. And all that. And then last week, I pull into Starbucks, and this dude is just log jamming the parking lot trying to back into a parking spot. Right, yeah. and he literally pulled into a parking spot front ways perfectly twice to take a shot at backing into this spot, and he's just Austin powering it <laughs> all throughout this parking lot trying Ten to get point in turn around. And dude, people are just sitting there like waiting on him, mm-hmm. and he could have easily just pulled in that one spot and gotten out. Some of that could be panicking though. Some people panic under pressure. Okay, so dude, man, park your car and get out, homie. Yeah. So Josh is establishing he has no patience, that's, which that's the two types of people, people that have the patience, patience and people and that do impatient. not. That's true. man. <laughs> but like, dude, I don't even like the world is seems to be pretty but, heavily weighted on the impatient side. <laughs> but it's like, come on, man, show at least a little bit of giddy up in your step. If like, <laughs> you know, everybody and their mom yeah. is waiting on you to get up there to take a picture yeah. or park your car or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know, anyway. man. That's well. I'm I'm glad you got so frustrated. <laughs> Get out of the way, Grandma! <laughs> no, it's just some dude. Yeah. Well, like, what's the purpose of backing into a Starbucks spot anyway? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I don't I I get pulling through a parking spot like just you know two parking spots pulling through so you can pull out. I never I never understand the whole backing into a parking spot. Okay, well, the reason you back into a parking spot is because most accidents happen in a parking lot when people are backing up. Okay, but you got to back insurance, into And insurance companies will even tell you that you're safer backing into a parking lot because even though it takes a little bit longer and there's more effort involved, 
there are way less accidents because people take the time to actually back into the spot and then when they pull out it's safe to pull out because they can see everywhere people will just back out of a parking spot way too confidently unfortunately yeah. uh -huh. and that's why on the department they actually tell us we're supposed to back yeah in the parking I, spot, my, so. work, my okay. work truck i have to park it backwards <laughs> if if i have a wreck in a parking lot and it's because i was in a in a parking spot frontwards and i back out I mean, they'll fire me instantly because the policy is we back into parking spots in our vehicles. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So you're wrong, but, you know, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I, I just said I don't get it. it well, hey, you know, it's sometimes hey, people, when it comes to anything driving, <laughs> there's a lot of people that Josh just is don't the last get person I'm coming to for advice. <laughs> well, I will say this, though. He drives like a psychopath. Hey, I do back out of a You're not getting spot. it, don't mean they're wrong. <laughs> I am. I am. I am cautiously backing out of a parking spot, though. Yeah. I, I do that for legit. I'm pretty. It's just there's too much blind spot. I mean, it's just you're 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 taking a guess on if anyone's coming half the time, okay. unless you're the biggest vehicle in the parking lot and you can see over everybody. I mean, that's valid. Yeah. No, I give it to you. I don't understand it. But. No, you don't have to give it to me. Everybody else in the world knows that too. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, man, I'm just giving. Not you saying you're wrong. I know I'm not wrong. You know, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm oh, just telling okay, you. Okay, good. Telling you, I was simply saying I don't hey, get it. This is where he starts. He starts agreeing nope. and disagreeing at the dis same time. <laughs> disagreeing <laughs> agreements. It's still stupid. All right, but well, nonetheless, right. I digress. <laughs> good. So what's up? Oh man, a lot. The air show. Yeah, the air show. You probably maybe some of our listeners have heard the flybys and the yep. audio. We but had to we had to delay our start a little bit because the Blue yeah. Angels are flying overhead, which was awesome. It is cool. Yeah, they that looks so cool when they like we were talking about. You know, it looks like they're just right on top of each other, and then you know they turn in unison, and yeah, yeah. they're not moving. It looks like they're just all just one object flying <clears> through there. Now, granted, if you got closer. I'm sure they're further apart than they seem, but it looks awesome when they go by. Uh, fun fact about the air show. It's yeah. actually the only time the Air Force is cool. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> Does the Space Force, are they involved? Uh, uh, that they, would be an awesome one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this, though. The Army... Get your telescopes out. The Space the, Force is doing it. The Army... Put on, I think, one air show in the four years I was there. Yeah. It's lame. By Super comparison. lame. The coolest thing that they do is they refuel a uh, Blackhawk off the back of a C-130. Yeah. Which is the craziest thing you'll ever see. Because yeah. it's yeah. like, there's a, there's a lot of things rotating there. It's super dangerous. But it's, it was pretty cool to see. Dude, how slow well, here's is where that? they Here's where they're missing the, missing the entertainment factor is, yeah, it's cool to see all these planes fly. But let's all be honest. What do we want to see more than anything? explosions we want to see them blow something up they, they still do that they gotta blow something up man the, just just so. throw a missile into an old decommissioned tank because you know they used to they used to recreate the old like world war ii dog fights and they'd yeah. have like a p-51 fly over and they'd blow up stuff on the ground and they'd shoot blanks and stuff yeah they don't do that anymore mm -mm. see that's what you want to see that's why the air force isn't cool <laughs> i'm sure some hippie complained yeah too, too violent or something like that. Or how awesome would it be as long as they did it somewhere where the debris wouldn't get anything, but just stick like a drone piloted plane up there and let them just shoot it out of the sky. <laughs> It'd be cool to see. Yeah, those bullets seem just got to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Still not safe. I think it'd be kind of cool just to throw uh, the clay disc up there, have a jet come down, <laughs> just disintegrate that bad boy. Pull. I'm just saying, <laughs> blow something up. That's all I'm saying. 
I'm a redneck. I want to either see something blow up or wreck. So yeah, I don't think they do that anymore. No, probably not. Too many frivolous lawsuits thrown around these days. Yeah. So mm. plus stuff's expensive. It seems like. Yeah. But um, no, I'd say the biggest thing going on with me right now. I had to wear my Turnpike Troubadours hat in memory of uh, greatest band that ever played. They, they break up. Looks like they're done, man. Yeah, I saw an article about what, now what's what? his face checking into rehab or something, or people were begging him to check into rehab because uh, his last performance was. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there was a, there was a lot of buzz, you know, and, and this happens, by the way, in 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 music, especially when you're a band that plays a lot of yeah. bars and honky tonks and things like that. Is you know you're going to get a night where everybody maybe drank a little too much every now and then, but there were a couple uh, there were a couple bigger shows where some people were complaining that man, you know, the, the didn't get a good show and felt like there was too much you know drinking and. You know, we paid good money. We want a good show. And it was just a, you'd hear about it every now and then. There'd be, you know, a couple shows a year, you know, that. Yeah. And, I, saw and the usually, video, I saw the video. It was and, bad. And usually at the end of the year, because when they've been touring all year, they don't really get a break until yeah. uh, until the end of the year. And I'm like, you know, you're kind of catching them at the tail end of a pretty hard life. So, you know, you're going to get that every now and then, uh, you know, with, with these type bands and stuff. But yeah, I think what happened was it, was it got to be a little bit more often, and then um, the one that showed up uh, where someone put posted a video yeah. of a really bad performance, I think that's when fans started saying, you know, there's a problem here. Yeah. I'm not close enough to the situation to know yay or nay on that. All I know is they they put out on, on Twitter, you know, we apologize, we've canceled some shows, um, we know that it's been a problem and it's been a stressful time and, and they acknowledged, you know, what was causing some of the stress and, uh, and all, and it sounds like it's, you know, probably alcohol related, you know, just, you know, some irresponsible behavior going on and stuff. But, uh, but then the most recent one that came out sounds like it's a, it's a full on, you know, it's a indefinite hiatus. Um, oh, yeah. So they took a hiatus back a while ago for personal reasons, didn't they? Yeah. No. Yeah, and and I always never know. And there was a time when I was close to the band. You know, mm-hmm. when they played, especially more locally, um, when they were first getting started out. You know, I'd I'd go check them out wherever they were. Um, and you know, my buddy being in the band, we'd, you know, a lot of times I'd I'd ride with them. You know, I'd go with them to the shows. They outgrew that pretty quick, though. They they caught fire you know pretty yeah. quick in their careers and started you know the whole tour bus and going all over the country and then of course yeah, riding the tour bus with doing oh uh, one time uh so i got a call and um buddy casey said uh, uh rc i guess is what everybody knows him as uh called me up and he's like hey man uh augie uh isn't gonna make it to the show well that's the guy that sells merch for him uh-huh. and uh he said man augie's not gonna make the show uh we're in Okima. If you can get here, uh, get on the tour bus with us and go down there. If you'll just run the merch booth, we'll pay you. And I said, well, honestly, it just sounds cool to ride the tour bus and hang yeah. out with you guys all weekend. And cause they were going, uh, they were going down to Port Aransas. So I was like, man, that'd be kind of cool. You know, go down to the beach, you know, and yeah. kind of hang out. And then they were going to be playing a, a two shows. One was in Houston. One was in Port Aransas. I was like, man, that, that just port. sounds like a good, that's port A for us locals. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. And it's mostly a fishing port, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, it's not a 
Yeah, I saw dolphins though. That was yeah, cool. It's not. It's not like South. You know, South Padre. Yeah, you know, yeah. But we uh, so I loaded up in the in the tour bus with them and went. I told them, man, you don't got to pay me. I'll just do it for fun. So uh, no wonder you haven't found a house yet. <laughs> a terrible negotiator. Uh, a terrible negotiator, huh? I was like, hey man, just you know, can I have some of that fruit in the like, fridge? Like the guy's like, yeah. I will pay you. And you're let like, me eat off that fruit tray. Um. So uh, yeah. So their tour bus was uh, pretty awesome. Um, and uh, I got on it and. We headed down to Houston, and so I was trying to get lined out. Like, okay, you know, running a merch booth is not just an easy task at a concert. There's a lot to yeah. set up. There's a lot of merchandise to watch, and then you got people just bombarding you, wanting to buy. You know, between every break and right at the beginning of the show, and especially right at the end of the show, you're just busy. And you know, there's a lot of cash changing hands and, and uh-huh. everything else. So I was like, okay, I got to make sure I do this right, and. We got down to the show. They got all set up, sound checked, and we went to eat. And Auger Hole had driven himself down there. Augie, their their guy that did yeah. the merch, and uh, he was like, "Man, I'm sorry, guys." He goes, "I, I just drove. I just said to heck with it. I knew I couldn't get to the tour bus, but I just drove." Why couldn't he make it? Uh, I can't remember, but he just he wasn't going to make it in time to leave dude's with like, him on the tour bus. Dude's like in a hospital gown with an IV attached to <laughs> yeah, him still. Just he's that committed. <laughs> he's like, man, the doctor couldn't get my spleen out fast enough. <laughs> So, uh, my appendix can wait, but you know, dude loves his job, you know, and, and he's a, he's, you know, best friends with him. You know, they, they hired him to do merch because it's their best friend, you know, so I love the guy. Um, anyways, he shows up and I'm like, well, heck, I'm just here now. I don't even got to work the the booth or anything. So they let me, um, they let me get on the stage before they got on and they always take a picture of the crowd. And uh, so I got to get up on the stage, and I told the crowd, you know, get up. And I took a picture of them for the for the page. And then I got off stage, and they came on. And, you know, I just sit in the back and watch the show, and it was a blast. Um, then we got on the tour bus, drove all night. Big Ray drove us down to Port A and uh, got there. And they had a – it was a big setup because it was uh, – I think it was like a Texas Highway Patrol type deal that they uh, – it was a big event they put on for them. I guess the guys go fishing on the weekend uh-huh. um out off the coast and then they they come in and they have all these bands playing it was like pat green and you know a bunch of guys like that big texas names and of course at the time the troubadours were were pretty solid in fact uh casey told me he said man he's like pat green was down there and i went and shook his hand and said hey i'm rc edwards big fan he goes i know who you are and he's like that's you know you're making it. You uh, know these guys know who you are. Hey, Pat Green tells that same story. Yeah, yeah. Except with uh, Kid Rock. <laughs> yeah, except with Kid Rock. Yeah, that's funny. Kid Rock's the uh, Pat Green in that story. Yeah. So, I you know again I wasn't having to work it. So uh, they're getting set up for this big event, and uh, we went and ate at a pretty nice place uh, down there, and uh, I just hung out, went down to the beach, checked out the dolphins. Uh, Casey, uh, you know. He's like, man, I don't have to do much setting up. I got a bass, and he's like, it's in tune. I plugged it in. You know, I got time. So while they're all, you know, getting all their setups with all their instruments and sound checks and all that stuff done, me and him got to go around and kind of hang out a little bit, and uh, it was a blast. That was a fun trip. And then they hauled me back, and I went back to work, living a normal life. But yeah. it's an awesome weekend. It's an awesome weekend. Tour bus nice. Oh yeah. Like Nintendo and all that in it. <laughs> yeah the very back room actually had i don't think it was nintendo but it was a uh whatever playstation was out at the time yeah. 
But yeah, they they've got all the bunks in there, and then the very back there's a big room with like a couch and a and a TV and everything where they could play video games, watch movies, do whatever. Yeah. But then in the front there's a big screen TV and a really nice little lounge area with a fridge and bathroom and all that stuff. It's it's a big one. Yeah. So, um, because they're they're I mean they're at the top of the touring you know ranks. There didn't the, didn't the lead singer date Miranda Lambert for a while. I, yeah, I guess you could call it that. Whatever he was doing with her, it uh, it got him in the news. And then, of course, not long after that, she just randomly marries some other guy that she, you know. She, Blake Shelton, wasn't she, it? Well, no, Blake Shelton she'd been uh, divorced from for a while. and uh-huh. uh, But, no, there was the big news about Evan um, and her being together. And then there was this big breakup, and uh, she had a – she put out like a publicity notice of, yeah, you know, this is, this is what happened or whatever. And, uh, and then it, I don't think it was like two months later, Brittany's like, Randall Lambert's getting married. I was like, uh, that chick's weird, man. <laughs> thirsty. Yeah. So thirsty. I don't know what's going on with her, man. She's like a Mindy McCready wannabe or something. But, uh, so, but yeah, so I got to tour with them that time, but the most fun was when we used to ride in an old Chevy van it's that Casey bought, and it was an old rowdy van. And they hauled a trailer behind it and had a few, had oh, a few good times. The, the, back in the early yeah, days, you know, when, when they were opening acts. Yeah, yeah. Like we went and played this little, or we, they went and played this little place. I rode with them uh, down in Duncan. And I remember on the way back, you know, Evan took a phone call. Was like, hey, guys, I got us, you know, like a birthday party. They're going to pay us this much or whatever. So it was early days, <laughs> you know. And 150 um, a piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all going to make 100 bucks. We can yeah, live. But we need all but, we want. Funny thing was, though, you know, they were all, like, college kid age, 21, 22, 23. Um, yeah. Me and Casey were the old men because we were already in our late 20s. Uh, Casey's a little bit older than the rest of them. But anyways, it was a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun to tour with. One of the coolest things about them was uh, the fan experience. They're, I mean, more often than not, they hung out with people in the crowd. That's um, probably where a lot of the drinking comes and, from. And, yeah, and, you know, it, they a lot, of, a lot of partying with their fans and made a lot of friends along the way and really selfless guys. You know, they, they really appreciate what they do and all. So whatever's going on now, man, is just, you know, it's a hard hit for everybody. Uh, one, because you don't want the music to stop. Every album they put out's been fantastic. Uh, but the other thing is, you know, kind of for me personally um, – being friends with RC, with Casey, I've watched him want nothing more than what he's got right now. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's one thing to have a dream. It's another thing to actually get to live it. And he'll be fine no matter what, but I know that if it was up to him, it'd probably be this band doing it forever. So hopefully that this band will just be a, it'll just be a break and they'll get it all back together. If it's not this band, he'll put another one. He's got another band. It's RC and the Ambers. Um, they kind of do more his line of music and stuff, but I just know he, you know, how close he is to his, his bandmates, um, how much he loves what they're doing, how they're doing it and everything else. More than anything, I just, you know, for him, I'm like, man, you know, getting to live the dream. I hope he gets to continue living that dream, whether it's with this band or another band. See, that's, that's the main be thing. a fun life, man. Yeah. I was watching And him. he's built for it, man. And that's the thing I always tell people. He's built for it. He was made for this kind of life, man. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's perfect for him. I was watching an interview with James Hetfield. Yeah. Who's the uh, lead singer for Metallica. Yeah. And they're still touring. And they're still rocking out. Yeah. And they kind of asked him the secret. He goes, well, you know, when you're 
the level we're at now, it's not bad going home and then, you know, every other week or so jumping in a private jet and flying and yeah. seeing these guys. You know, they all live across the country. Yeah. He lives in Colorado Springs. But they all live, you know, spread out and they don't see each other until they get together and rehearse for that, that particular show that weekend. Mm-hmm. And he said we spread it out and you know Yeah. And so it's it's obviously they don't have to road dog it anymore like they like they right. were in the beginning. Well but yeah, and you know when you get to that level, because even with the troubadours, they were at a good enough level to where they slept on a tour bus <laughs> while a guy drove them around. Yeah, no, and I'd... then and then if they went overseas, they were always taken care of. They're taken care of here. They got tons of sponsors, so heck, they don't have to buy nothing. They're they're given free clothes, boots, and everything else because people want to sponsor them. Right. So I mean, you know, one day they all showed up wearing Ray Bans. They're like, yeah, man, I'm giving us sunglasses now, and then they show up in all brand new boots, and it's like, yeah. This, Custom boots, man, they made for us. and See, and that's... And that's just all this awesome stuff flying the, their way. That, and that's kind of the... That's what makes it hard for me to kind of relate to the whole breaking up and being burnt out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's not like me traveling to Austin in a, in a Camry or an Explorer. I mean, you're... Well, think about it this way, though. It's one thing to be a performer. Um you know, a performer goes out there and they put a lot of effort and hard work and sweat equity and talent into their show and they perform it. Right. You know what I mean? But when you've got that artist side of it where you're writing the songs and the songs you're writing are really speaking to the people who are listening to them and things, generally that comes with a little bit of pain. All right. You don't get that. That's why Hank Williams lived to be like 20 something years oh, old. Like Chester Bennington. Apparently. Yeah. You don't get very many Bob Dylans who are able to write like that, but also, you know, get through the hard times. It's hard. All right. It's it's real hard. So, you know, for whoever it is, you know, you love to listen to or whatever else. Just know, you know, there there can be a little bit of pain involved with that, too. And, you know, that's part of what they're dealing with. And that's why you get that beautiful that's music. That's true. Speaking of love to listen to, yeah, Corey left his uh, Spotify playlist up here. Oh, yeah? What we got? Taylor Swift? Recently played ABBA. Okay. BB Rexa. Okay. Bebe Rexa. Bebe. Okay. Tomato, yeah. tomato. This is... Uh... And the Old Town Road remix. <laughs> that's, uh, that's definitely my kids remix. <laughs> I was going to say, that definitely sounds like <laughs> a... Uh... <laughs> An eight-year-old's playlist yeah. these days. They like yeah. the uh, what is it? That song that they that she sings with Florida Georgia Line. Oh, dude. Yeah, those guys can't mm. fall off the planet fast enough. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and that they're the exact remix. opposite of what the troubadours are. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, why can't those guys? <laughs> why can't they break up? <laughs> they have rough and it's because up. being a performer versus being an artist is a whole different world. You know, here's here's what I think. And this is the last thing I'll say about it is there's a lot of different type of breakups that happen out there. Um, and in and in this type of music, this this kind of genre, this area. Um, you know, one of the big breakups was a long time ago. There was a band, Uncle Tupelo, and it was because they had creative creative differences between the. They had two basically song leader, right. uh, or song uh, songwriter uh, lead singers, um, Jeff Tweedy and Jay Farrar, and they just didn't see eye to eye, and they split up. Well, one band became Sunvolt, and they've got a pretty good um, catalog of songs, and they've been successful. The other band became Wilco, which they've had huge success, and they're. Uh, they're real popular 
Um, then you had uh, Whiskey Town was another one. Whiskey Town broke up. You had this young uh, guy writing songs, uh, performing, doing great with a really cool band. They broke up. He went on for a solo career as Ryan Adams, if you've ever heard of him. Not Brian Adams. Ryan Adams. I was getting excited. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Never Adams, mind. who's had a big career, and you know, and he just he, he left his band because he just he wanted to chase every interest he had. So he wrote all kinds of different types of music from pop music to he covered Taylor Swift to writing, you know, country type albums. He's all over the place. Um and then you got, you know, like the Jason Bolin and the Stragglers who took a little break because Jason needed to clean up a little bit because uh, the road and the hard life got to him and he needed to get some things figured out. And then they took care of that and they got back together and, and now they're as good or better than they've ever been. Well, I'm hoping for the latter, you know. Yeah. I'm hoping for the latter. But there's a lot of different things that cause a band to have to take a break and just, you know, whatever, whatever their reasons are, just know that the main thing is that everybody's good. And uh, and just appreciate what they've done for you up till now, and just hope they get it figured out, and and it and it comes back around again. What's the what's the most disappointing breakup? Is this it? Of From, any of bands of bands that broke up, I'm like, oh man, yeah, man, it's it's tough because uh, I got a lot of faith in this band. I'm not too worried about the future. Okay. So take uh, them out of it. Is there? I got a lot of faith in their character as individuals that something will happen. Yeah. Um, I'll give you mine. But Pantera. I, Mm. yeah when pantera broke up i was a little, a little disappointed you know what i think mine was was uh probably uh when mca died of the beastie boys yeah uh because i never got a chance to see them live now granted they'd already made all their all their music that they were probably gonna make they were probably gonna put out more albums yeah, but, but, a, but they were a, definitely advanced in years tour? you know but i was really wanting to see them live and i yeah. never got a chance to see them live yeah. i was and i well, was looking Pantera's forward to it same thing you know, yeah. they lost they lost uh, Dimebag, and then the, the drummer died last year, I think. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of, I don't know if any bands, but maybe an artist who died young um, or something happened. Can't think of anything. I mean, uh, what's his name? Soundgarden. Chris Cornell was pretty disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess Nirvana with Kurt Cobain, because I was a big fan at the time. Uh, that, was, that was about when I was getting into that kind of music. Yeah. So maybe Nirvana. Courtney Cox killed him. Anyway, Corey, you have one? Uh, I mean, just recently. In I mean, sync. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Linkin Park's Lincoln done Park. now. Yeah. I don't know if they'll pick up another lead singer. Yeah, you wouldn't want them to, probably. Yeah, Dude. his voice was so unique. He was, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think you can replace him. And it. again, it's that Soundgarden, Linkin Park. Yeah. It's that tortured life well, of someone check who's, this out. who's not just singing, but they put something yeah. else and I've, and I've said it before, man. If you go back and you listen to their songs now, it's, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So sense. maybe yeah. this was about some stuff that was going on in his, his personal life. Yeah, I don't it, know if it's hard. Have y'all seen that dude on YouTube who's uh, who sings songs in like 20 different voices yeah. and oh. he can imitate people's voices pretty well? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, he put out he put one out where he basically asked all his fans to like list the hardest song that they know and yeah. see if he could could imitate it. And one of the ones was uh, holding that note uh, uh, in that I've come so far, I think. In the end? Yeah. Holding that note uh, Yeah, where he's at and whatever at the end. And dude couldn't do it. Like, Bennington held that note forever. Yeah, with no break or anything. Yeah. He just I mean, held just it. sitting there. Yeah. And then, and you don't the think about thing. stuff like yeah, that unless and, you're a singer. Well, probably. and that's, that's the thing. Logic and Eminem came out with a song. uh 
called Homicide not too long ago, mm-hmm. and uh, and if you if you looked at the review, like when it was hot, when it first came out, and people started you know tweeting about it, they were just like you know goodbye oxygen, and they yeah. were they were counting in their verses the number of breaths they took. Yeah. And like they only both of them only took like two breaths the entire <laughs> just time. Getting just getting after it, <laughs> you know, and yeah, all that. No, so, and, and that's the thing when you start to, I mean, you're you're like, okay, these guys are talented, but then you're like, okay, let me try it and see how many words I can knock out in two breaths. And you're like, yeah. you don't get anywhere near. Well, it. and a lot of times, if you really, really love an artist or a band or something like that, it's because whatever they're it's not just how they sound; it's what they're saying speaks to you. Yeah. that's when you fall in love. Now. There's a lot of music I like, but the music I love is when, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm relating to this. And you just have to remember, like, you love them because you feel like they figured you out. No, they're trying to figure them out. So however much you're hurting and however much that makes you feel better, just know that, you know, they got that pain, too, somewhere. Yeah. Now, they might be dealing with it. They might not be dealing with it. But I want to know what pain Old Town Road came from. Poor, uh, but yeah, you know. Because, <laughs> dude, there's. Poor Bradley from uh, Sublime, you know, he was addicted to heroin, even wrote a song about how it was going to kill him one day, you know, yeah. and uh, and all. Dude, isn't that weird? I mean, it's just, you know, like, I'm going to keep doing it, though. Guys like that. Not going to stop. But then, like, people like Courtney, uh, Courtney Love are still, which I'm pretty sure, like, the cocaine's keeping her alive <laughs> these days. Maybe. Like, I mean, and some people are a lot more along for the ride than actually committed to it. You know, like I said, there's there's difference between people who party a lot and people who drink themselves to death. There's a big difference between people who do a lot of drugs and have a good time and people who are straight up addicted and can't get away from them. You know, there's there's a lot of people who are just irresponsible, like Courtney Love, but there's others who are tortured. You know what I mean? Amy Winehouse. Yeah, she was tortured. Dude, have yeah. you seen her documentary on Netflix? I haven't, and I'm almost scared to watch it because it seems like it would be a heavy one. Dude. I think I think if you're a dad, you should watch it. Yeah, and then do everything well, the opposite of what her dad did. Yeah, because that dude, that dude, he killed her. Oh yeah, I mean he was taking advantage of her for sure. That's terrible. And and the thing and what's sad about it, putting pressure on her to be successful. Well, and because he, he was riding it. Yeah, he was riding the the gravy train on her. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the documentary, I mean. He relied, his well-being relied solely on her. Yeah. And you and I from That's the, too much to put on a kid. You and I, but you and I from the outside looking in can see this dude is just straight trash. Oh, yeah. You don't see that as a child. But That's you, bad. But you see how she interacts with him, and all she wants is his approval. Mm-hmm. And just just to, she just wants to be with them as oh. a dad no you can ruin your children you and do not understand yeah. how much they want you to be happy yeah so if you if you if you're a dad and you got daughters man you gotta you gotta watch that yeah. you know and that's that's kind of you know my daughter used she don't i don't know she she used to really frustrate me with the sports mm-hmm. now i mean she really doesn't in the sense i mean if she were to quit all her sports today i don't i don't care yeah, but the last thing you want her to do is quit trying because she knows it's bugging you. Right. Because and, you know, that's, she that's, might want to pursue it to a point that it would make you have to sell and stuff. And that's what I was saying, man. Is in, in you know, it's just I don't know, man. I I really yeah, I used to think Amy Winehouse was just a a, yeah. a cranky lush that, yeah. that eventually just messed up and, and accidentally killed herself. But I watched it. 
And of course, the documentary obviously is going to be biased. It always has a point to prove. So, yeah. but I did, man. I felt I felt bad. Now, now the husband, he was a, and that's the thing too, man. Is like you you look at it. You know, a lot of times, you know, dudes uh, marry women. You know, who are who are kind of like their mom, same type of personalities and all that, mm-hmm. and vice versa. You know, girls kind of try you know find people that like their dads. And uh, she, I mean. She fit that mold perfectly, man. Yeah. And like that dude she was dating, I forgot his name, but he was a he was a joke too. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think the maybe the reason why it was so easy for me, I say easy. It it, it took me forever to make the decision to the choice to change my life. But uh once I once I made the decision and legitimately made it, didn't just, you know, for someone else's desire change my life, but finally for my own personal you yeah. know, desire changed my life. A big part of what made it so easy was, you know, I wasn't relying on the things I was doing to get me through something. Uh, you know, I had a good family, had a good background. I was raised by parents who did more for me than I deserved. I didn't have any of that stuff. So, you know, and it wasn't, you know, there's times where you, you don't want to ever quit doing what you're doing and make a complete change of life. Nobody likes to do that. So I mean, there, there's a difficulty in that and just the swallowing your pride and realizing like, hey, man, OK, I got a problem, you know. Yeah. But that's just that's just me fixing irresponsible behavior. That's not the same. OK, that's not even close to the same as someone who's got a true addiction and probably has that addiction because of something that they can't fix. Sometimes yeah. it's it, it could be mental health. You know, it could be, you know just anything you know a big part of mine was just pride i had to just swallow my pride and get over myself and realize look you know you're you think that you're better than how you act you know but you're not you're you're exactly what you're acting like and that is you're not a great guy who sometimes does you know piece of crap things you're a piece of crap that sometimes does good things and you need to fix that and get some character about you and get some maturity about you because you're a little brat and you're a little baby and it shows in your behavior and i fixed that hopefully to the most part i probably still got some some lingering issues but you know i had to kind of get inside of myself and figure out what was going on and and get to the root of it because it wasn't it wasn't just drinking and partying that was a byproduct of what was wrong yeah. You know, what was wrong with me was I needed to get inside of me and figure it out. Luckily, it wasn't that deep and it wasn't that hard to root out. I just had to do it. It's a lot deeper, you know, for an Amy Winehouse or, um, you know, like a Chris Cornell or Whoa. these people. So, you know, it's not just like, oh, I got into partying and I'm super irresponsible because I'm just a jerk. Like, eh, well, how many, that's how probably many, true to a point. How many you times real did problems. you ignore what someone was telling you? constantly all the way always yeah, always and that, that's kind of the thing when you get to that amy winehouse level and that's kind of the the issue with her dad was her dad was kind of i think there were people around her that were cons- legitimately concerned for her, whether it was they actually liked her whether they saw their yeah their their bag train you know backing out but they tried to get her you know she wrote that song rehab yeah and it's almost as if the dad was like no you're good yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, yeah. Whereas in uh, this is again, helping your image <laughs> again. Outside, <laughs> you know, that's outside how bad it looking, is. Yeah, outside looking in, all of us could look in and say, "Okay, man, there's like, yeah, she she's she's heading well, somewhere hind, that hindsight, she doesn't want to go." Makes things crystal clear. Yeah, but, but come you on, you got to understand how much you don't want to believe. There's well, just, and that's you the convince thing. yourself that things that are true aren't true because there's a potential. You know, there's that 
one percent chance so you're telling me there's a chance you know and we all yeah. kind of hang on to that no, hope right. and that's that hope we hang on to we don't want to give up um but yeah there's some tortured people out there and you just got to figure out you know you got to figure out what's causing all of it and sometimes when people get to the root of the problem and people go to therapy for this stuff and even if a therapist can single out the problem it doesn't mean you can fix it because like amy winehouse she may have been told that her dad was the problem. She may have known and just refused to believe it or refused to do anything about it and would rather kill herself with a lifestyle that she couldn't handle than address the real problem, which was her dad. Yep. That's that's heavy. That's super heavy. And I don't want to have to carry that kind well, of cross. Well, like I said, man, like, like I said, if you, if you watched it and you just kind of, I mean, dude just wanted, like, he was, he she just, there, I think there was one part, it's been a while since I've seen it. There was one part where they were somewhere and he was trying to impress some people. Basically, I'm White, Amy Winehouse's dad. She just wanted to hang out with him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come over, take a picture of these people. And she, you know, she can't be like, no, I don't want to, you know, because they're fans. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, the only reason they knew she was there is because her dad was, you know, out yapping his mouth. Mm-hmm. And all she wanted to do was just have some private time with her dad without right. people interrupting. And he was more about. He was more about flaunting, himself. You know, yeah. Flaunting what he was doing. So anyway, yeah. You know, it's change a, your pitching, opinion it's, of somebody. It, it's, it's a rough road. And the thing is, is dealing with addiction with friends and, and family and everyone, because uh, there's all kinds of addiction in my past, not just mine, but other people's, whether it's drugs or a lot of meth. You know, I grew up in, a, in an area that, you know, meth was a big problem and went to my 20 year reunion, you know, and you see some people who, who had, uh, who'd kind of changed their lives and kind of, you know, gotten away from that, you know, when they were younger, they did. And, you know, you see some that aren't around anymore and you know, the reason they're not around is they never changed their lives and, and all. And, um, it just, it was a really bad, it was a really bad time. Uh, when I was going through school, there was a lot of, a lot of that, the kids were getting into it at a young age and nobody knew anything other than it was super popular. Uh, a lot of people were doing it and that's crazy. Cause now we know how terrible it is. Now you still got people who don't care, but you know, we know a lot more about how terrible it is and how you, you should never even do it once. Um, but when I was growing up, man, you'd be surprised how many people were treating it like it was a party drug. You know, and that's, it is not that. It is not that. It, hey, is, man. it is a trash. It's the biggest trash on the planet. You know what so. detracts me from meth? What's that? The teeth. The teeth. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. yeah. I got, I, my dentist told me I have rare teeth. What what it does to your brain is pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, I'm still worried about the teeth. Baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the brain too. Yeah. But it's just. It, it does, it does things to your brain that it's, it's hard to get over. Oh, it messes. But up. you know, seeing that the, the one thing you want to do with the addict is you want to grab them and slap them around until they can see that they have a problem. You just want to slap the crap out of them until they can see they have a problem. But. I mean, it's it's deeper than that. It's not the drug. Can or the, you quit that cold turkey? I don't know that you can. A lot of people have to get on. Um, I don't can't remember what it's called. Is it methadone or something? Yeah, like methadone. That? Yeah, they have to get on some other kind okay, of a drug so to, to wean themselves off. I mean, I'm sure people have, but I think it's. Well, no, okay. But I think it's like, pretty hard, pretty bad. You've seen that, like walk the line, Johnny Cash trying to get off all the drugs he was on, and you know, kind of flipping out and freaking out because his body was going crazy. Well, and, and that's, yeah. I think that's pretty normal for most drugs. And, and that's like alcohol. If you're a true alcoholic, like you're a true one. Yeah. Like, like Winehouse, that part of it, what killed her was she was off and on the, yeah. Well, that's the like alcohol. Keith Whitley, you know, Keith Whitley couldn't, 
they had to have someone watching him. Well, and that's the thing. Who was it, man? There's a comic who was Joe Rogan and his his group of comedians, four or five of them, do a thing called Silver October, where yeah. they go the entire month of October without any type of alcohol or drugs or anything like that. And they were going to bring a dude in with them to do it. And he had to go talk to his doctor to make sure it was safe. Uh, make sure it was safe that he could do it because yeah, uh, of the withdrawal. Like, alcohol's a... You know, everyone it, because it's legal, everyone thinks, oh, it's okay, you know, whatever. But it's like one of those things where you get addicted to it. It'll, I mean, it can kill you more so than a lot of things that are yeah, it's, illegal now. You know, and it's also surprising how... Um, you're almost born with the, uh, some people, not everybody, different, there's different types of alcoholism, but you can kind of be born with that whole high chance of being an alcoholic to where, you know, when you drink, like your body starts wanting it. Well, you yeah. start wanting it and, and can't live without it. Cause you know, these people that can't get through the day without taking a drink, mm-hmm. that's a whole, and I mean, they have to get up in the morning, take a drink and then, they're itching, you know, like it's a cigarette. They got to get at least a drink in them and stuff. That's a that's a whole different level of alcoholism. And yeah, my my granddad even people a, that party hard all the time aren't that level of alcoholic. That's just your your body's made that way. My granddad had a big problem with alcohol. Yeah, because I, I think his dad was uh, was like that. Yeah, and he and I were talking one time, and he and it was either his dad or his granddad. Yeah, but he and I talked about it. And he just basically told me he goes, "It's possible." You could have that gene in you, yeah. You, you know that that, op, you know that makeup that makes you addicted yeah. to it. And I don't think it's very. Uh, I don't think it's super common, but you do see people see people every now and then that once they start drinking and start getting into it, it it becomes pretty important oh, yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, and that's that's when there's a little bit something different. But more often than not, it's just people. They just don't want to think about whatever's going on in their life, oh, yeah. and they just want to cut loose and have fun, yeah. and that's what they're doing. Drop so, all inhibition. You know, th- the majority of people who are alcoholics are what you would call a binge-drinking alcoholic. They're just like the whole good time Charlie, you know. They they always drink too much, and uh, they they look for a reason to drink, but they're, they can get through a day. Without, you know, see, I, I, yeah. think, I think his dad or granddad was not like that. I and that, think he that's, was the that's type where, that I think that's where most people are. Couldn't even drive but, home without stopping somewhere. Yeah. And, but but and you start it. hearing the stories about Keith Whitley, and it's it's a whole different story. You know, that dude's like, hide the mouthwash, hide the rub and alcohol. This dude's. <sighs> dude, could you imagine? This dude got, loses his mind. The fix so bad you got to chug mouthwash. Yeah. There's, there's crazy stories down. about the Whitley. And it's sad, too, because, man, he was great. He was great. Yeah, I don't know who that is. You don't know who Keith Whitley is? Mm-mm. Okay. Well. Country. Yeah. Yeah. Outlaw? Outlaw no, country. man. He was kind of like that George Strait style. He had that, that pure voice, and uh, just every song he sang sounded perfect. You like George Strait? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Big long. George Strait fan. You fed him a burrito one time, didn't you? Yeah. I, what was that story? You told me a story. Come on. Come girlfriend, on with it. Girlfriend, my... Uh, <laughs> Your girlfriend my fed girlfriend, him a burrito. My girlfriend. Your girlfriend gave George Strait your burrito. Please no. tell me that's the story. <laughs> no, my girlfriend at the, at the time, her dad owned a gas station slash little diner restaurant. Yeah, uh, did like breakfast burritos and yeah, stuff like that. And uh, that's big was, in South Texas, I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's where I got my best ones. Yeah. So anyway, they uh, 
but they were located north of the Dominion, which is where everybody who's got money there lives. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, all the all the big time Spurs. I did a uh, New Year's Eve party there too. Yeah, and I met David Robinson there. But anyway, yeah, you uh, met the Admiral. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, super cool dude. He's one of my favorite basketball players. Huge. Yeah. Oh, he's huge. <laughs> like he looks lanky on the like that. And I'll we'll get into that in just a minute. Anyway, she uh, had it. And I was down there with her. Yeah. And uh, he came in every morning and grabbed breakfast tacos, I believe, for himself and uh, like the people who helped him around the house, yeah. gardeners, that kind of stuff. Well, he uh, he's he's got like a roping arena ranch and all yeah. that stuff. He's so, he's got all kinds right. of things going on. Getting he's, to meet he's him, he's a was, cowboy. He's a real one. Getting to meet him was special. Yeah, uh, because and I just met him through the drive-through of this place. But no, yeah, uh, that's a king, though, man. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like George Strait. Yeah. So anyway, I met met Pam Tillis too once. Yeah. Pam Tillis and Clay Walker. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I was I, I was doing there. a temp. I was doing a temp. Uh, this is. See the right, either one of the Christmas breaks for college. Mm-hmm. So I was home for Christmas break. So it's not. It's one of those things where you're home for three weeks, but yeah. I want to do something, make some money, but you can't go get a real job because no one's going to hire you for three weeks. So I had this temp service, and so anyway, they did this charity event where essentially, man, I just I just bust drinks all over the yeah, like you know, someone run out of Coke, I just take you know twelve. 12 cases of coke to him on a dolly and i you know whatever yeah so anyway i'm helping their set up and clay walker's doing a sound check and and i kind of i'm sitting there you know putting bringing ice and colas and all this you know the fruits and everything that they do this little bar set up right in front of the stage Mm -hmm. Uh, because these were big money people so these guys can buy a drink right there in front of clay walker pam tillis so anyway clay walker's doing a sound check and uh I'm like, sounds pretty good. And she, and this this lady, I didn't even realize because I was sitting behind, you know, sitting, she was, so all I could see is the back of her head catacorned to me. Yeah. And I went, sounds pretty good, kind of just being smart. Yeah. And she goes, he's a little flat. And it was Pam Tillis. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, queen of the Nile. <laughs> and so anyway. That's uh, pretty cool. She kind of chuckled. And then uh, and then Clay Walker, just the same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, his band was checking it out and, and yeah. all that. And I'm like, you know, I told him my name was Josh Walker. We related. Yeah. He just looked at me like. No. Like, come on, man. But yeah. He was kind of cool, too, though. That's like the Willie Nelson story that uh, the guys I worked with told me. Uh, so um, they said, man, Levi and Patty got to meet uh, Willie Nelson today. Because Willie Nelson had played in Bartlesville, and that's where I was working at the time. Uh-huh. And he had his bus parked behind the Holiday Inn. Well, we were right next to the Holiday Inn. And I don't think he stayed at the Holiday Inn. I think they just parked it there, and he slept on the bus. But um, his crew came in and got, got lunch at the place we worked. And Levi was cooking. Patty was, you know, kind of waiting the tables and working the bar area and everything. And uh, they said, hey, you want to meet Willie? They're like, yeah so they went around the corner and uh anyways willie came came out and said hi to him or whatever else and uh anyways they noticed patty noticed his shoes or something and uh, it said willie on them he had his own personalized shoes or whatever like sneakers or whatever and uh said oh cool shoes you know and he goes yeah they got my name on them she said so do levi's pants and <laughs> willie got a big chuckle out of it. <laughs> uh, so anyways I, I came in and they told me that story and i thought man 
I'm like two hours away from meeting Willie Nelson. I've met him before. Uh, went to a concert of his, and everybody bought. Uh, if you bought up on your ticket, you know, uh-huh. paid like an extra. It was a festival type deal. But if you paid like an extra amount, you could go around and actually get your picture taken with Willie, a meet and greet. And there was just this line, a horde of people, man. Just I wonder how much money they make on that. I don't know, but Willie's just he, you know, he. He changes clothes and comes back out there, you know, and gets out of what he performed in and comes out there and just, you know, hey, how's it going? Dude, how Puts cool his arm it, around him, they take cool a picture. It, hey, how cool would it be if he came out hey. like his skivvies and a bathrobe <laughs> and some house shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Smoking a fatty. Yeah, just so, sitting there with, you know, like, <laughs> taking pictures with people like that. Yeah, eating a turkey leg or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the thing was is there was a horde of people lined up that had paid, and then there was an even bigger horde of people just leaning up against the fence taking pictures of people getting their picture taken with Willie Nelson because – they wanted to get close to Willie, and I was one of those people. You know, I didn't pay extra. I was just trying to get close with my little throwaway. Remember, you used to go to the yeah. Walmart and buy the little <laughs> cardboard cameras? Yeah. Uh, so I had my little throwaway camera, and I was taking pictures. Um, and uh, anyways, Willie uh, waved everybody else through. Once he got all the people that paid, he waved everybody else through. So got my picture taken with Willie, which I take it back. Turns out I just lied. I told the story different than I tell it. Uh, I didn't have a cardboard camera. That's what the that's what it was. I didn't have a camera. I was just sitting there, and I he waved everybody through, and I looked at my friend. I said, I'm going to walk through line, and I'm going to meet Willie. I was like, but I don't have a camera. And the guy in front of me said, I'll take your picture and mail it to you. Give me your address. And so he gave me I gave him my address, and he, he mailed me uh, pictures of me with Willie Nelson. I've still got the envelope and everything. Oh, you know our buddy Gary and Tyler Vaughn? Yeah. They're related to Willie Nelson, like a cousin. I could see that. They got pictures, like – Outside of Willie Nelson, I would say Gary Vaughn is probably the most legendary person I've ever met. That's 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 not an understatement no, at that's, all. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. In fact, if he had bigger than life itself, and I don't know if he has musical talent or not, but if he had Willie's musical talent, probably be bigger. Oh, because the charisma yeah. was through the was, roof, that dude man. Was confident man. The charisma was through the roof. What did he tell you that one time? Oh, dude, what did he not tell me, man? One time <laughs> he told me to cut my hair like a grown man. <laughs> like, I forgot I forgot what haircut I had, but he goes, hey, man. He goes, you need a man's haircut. Yeah. Except you have to say it like a million times faster than you yeah. just said it. Hey, man. Hey, brother. Hey, man. Hey, brother. Let me tell you something. No, he told you one time he said he was going to jump. Uh, he said you're going. Oh, yeah. He said he was going to. He said, I'm going to whoop you so bad. You're going to say, y'all stop. And then look up. It's just going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, he was. He was something. Yeah, he, we call him Jimmy Hart. The mouth yeah. The south yeah, for the that mouth reason. South. Yeah. But no, he had legendary stories. Tyler was telling me stories, you know, at the funeral and everything. And uh I'd already heard a few stories, so I knew that he was a he was a big deal, you know the the softball legend, the yeah, pitching the hero. But there's just all these other stories, and then at the funeral, you know, all these people started coming in, and Tyler started saying, you know, like yeah, you know, these guys, you know, sold cars and everything yeah. else, and you just see all these kind of like big wheeler dealer guys walking in, you know, paying their respects to the dude. Oh yeah. And, uh, well, and that's the thing he told me one time. Uh, Tyler told me these in the. Softball Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, because he, he, could, he could hook it. Well, check it. He was, yeah, he's in the Softball Hall of Fame because he was the pitcher for the national championship team and whatever, 70 something, 80 something. Yeah. And so I Googled him one time and I don't know, I mean, it, I, I don't know how I did it, but I came across a picture of him pitching, yeah. releasing the ball. 
and I think I showed. I think the picture was at the funeral, and I was telling you and Austin about it. Yeah. But his right forearm <laughs> is deformed, man, like elephantitis. <laughs> like it's the most unproportionate oh. thing I've ever seen, just yeah. because you know, and all that. But he, uh, they, Tyler told me, man, he would, he would walk to the other teams, like instead of warming up. Yeah. He just walked to the other team's dugout and just start talking trash. Just bird him. That's yeah. what Larry Bird used to do. Yeah, just, just you know. <laughs> and he said, you know, he would tell him, I don't think anyone here has enough yeah. bass speed to keep up yeah. with you. Know? No, he uh, he said he actually would go up to him one by one like, you're not even going to touch the ball. Yeah. You're not going to touch the ball. And you're, you ain't got a chance. Ain't yeah. no way. You're not even going to see it. Yeah. And he would, too. He'd and he'd walk down up. the line and he'd just tell each one of them they weren't – Either they weren't going to touch the ball or they wouldn't even be able to see it. You yeah. Know? yeah. So, you ain't got a chance. Yeah, it was good stuff, man. <laughs> good stuff. So, anyway. yeah, he was a legend. But, yeah, so back coming back around to how this all started, basically got to shake George Strait's hand through it. That's awesome. Which was a big thing because uh, you're basically told that, that if you worked at that restaurant, like, uh-huh. hey, he's going to come through, you can't fanboy him. Like, yeah. You, you know, like, you know, that, I will but, say that's the one thing about my picture with Willie I have is everybody notices how excited I look and how uncomfortable Willie looks like. This dude needs to get about two inches further <laughs> yeah, away from me. Yeah. <laughs> like Robert De Niro and the fan, baby. <laughs> yeah, like, Willie like, looks super uncomfortable, Tuck. What were you doing? Yeah, this, like, <laughs> Willie's like, this I was is real happy, man. Yeah. He's a big deal to me. I, yeah, I and that's the thing, Willie man. Nelson when fan. you meet, when you meet uh, people like that, it's yeah. just – it's. I don't know. Like, I don't, you know, fanboy, but George Strait was cool. Just yeah. because he, I think That's that was. That's a big one, though. That was, and, and that was probably one of the, it wasn't the first one. Because Tillis and, and, and Clay Walker and, and the Admiral. Mm-hmm. But the Admiral, now the Admiral, I was, I was helping serve um, dinner at a, uh, at the country club. Mm-hmm. on new year's eve so okay. i didn't really it was a buffet it was a buffet and then you know open bars and all that so my job really wasn't anything but to get stuff out of the way and, mm-hmm. and kind of just make sure they had everything if then they and every now and then they just say hey man go get me some more of those crab legs so i'm like yeah. all right so i'd walk up there and, and the people serve me and i bring them back to them but it wasn't anything you know special but again he was in a in a place that you know, I'll, I'll never be, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking about this table probably cost ten thousand dollars a head, yeah. just to hang out there, you know. So, yeah. so he was still in that in that one place yeah. where, and you know, same with uh, Clay Walker and Pam Tillis. I mean, that was that's their job. They they were getting paid tons of money to yeah. to sing to these these very um, uh, affluent people. Mm-hmm. But George Strait, man, was just a he was just out and about. Just a T-shirt in a big pickup truck, you know. <laughs> and so it's kind of like that's the first time I've met somebody of yeah. that caliber, and they're just cool. Yeah. Like it was just a normal dude that you know, kind of. You know who couldn't have handled that situation? Martha Wade Tucker. Really? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she loves her some George Strait. <laughs> She a lot of ladies do, man. Yeah, my yeah. mother-in-law cries when he just an, <laughs> over music videos, man. Yeah. yeah. Anytime he comes on, she loses. <laughs> he is. He's, he's super cool, man. He is. I mean, he show up at the CMAs and just you know looking clean in a set of Wranglers and a nice suit jacket over a shirt. Yeah. Just, 
cowboy hat, yeah. looking looking cleaner than everybody from that spent I, millions of dollars. From what I understand, talking to the, you know the people, and is that it, my girlfriend, her dad, and all that is that he was a uh, just a just a very down to earth dude. Yeah, he treated everyone the same. You know, yeah. Kinda, you know, I dude, there's this band called Coheed, Coheed and Cambria. Yeah, I don't know if you ever heard of. Them. I've yep. heard of them. Yeah. Anyway, they're they're lead singer. Same same kind of thing. Like, I was watching an interview where someone was like, "Man, you're awesome" and all that, and he you, he started blushing and like getting real uncomfortable with yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like you're this mega rock star, yeah. yet just somebody complimenting how well you play the guitar, and you know he starts shying away from it. It's it's, it's cool, you know, to kind of see yeah. people like that. No, no, it'd be cool. I. I guess I I've, I've not met a lot of really famous people um outside of what they were doing. You know, like Willie was obviously there was a meet and greet and there was yeah. you know, five hundred people in line with me all trying to get hey fanboy, get out of the way, it's my turn, you know. Yeah. Um and then uh I just heard in the cattle through You know, you, you won't know who this is, but uh went to a show to watch Billy Joe Shaver one time and uh I walked over to the bathroom and he was just kinda standing over there, um kind of next to the wall watching the girl who was opening for him. And, uh, you know, Billy Joe is one of those guys that he, he can still kind of do that because the people that know him love him, but he's not so famous that he can't, you know, he could go to the store. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, kind of like Joe Exotic. <laughs> he's nothing like Joe Exotic. <laughs> but, you know, it was a big deal to me because this is a guy that I've known about for a long time. I knew what he had contributed to to the music I listened to and just – you know, he's a legend, uh, you know, one of my honky-tonk heroes, as you could call him. Um, but uh, I walked by, and I just, you know, I was like, hey, you know, he, I said, she's pretty good. You know, I just striking a conversation because I was actually waiting for the bathroom. He was standing right by kind of where the bathroom right. door was. And a uh, dude just started talking to me, you know, and I was like, all right. So we had a little bit of a conversation and just kind of randomly, you know, talked while she played and everything. Now, granted, he wasn't saying anything that meant anything. And most of what he said to me, he repeated on stage, just commenting on what he thought of her and, yeah. and everything else. Um, so I kind of joked around about how, you know, I thought one of my honky-tonk heroes was having a conversation with me. Turns out he was just practicing his lines <laughs> for when he got on stage. But, uh, but anyways, it was a cool one for me because, you know, the kind of music I listened to probably wouldn't be around without him. You know, he's... He wrote the songs that started the outlaw movement that made Willie and Waylon, you know, mainstream outlaw heroes. Yeah. You know, Willie was, and Waylon were already famous, don't get me wrong, and they were going to be famous. But he wrote um, all the songs on that album, you know, Honky Tonk Heroes, that really kicked off what they called the outlaw movement. And uh, he's just, he's been a legend in Texas forever. And uh, I've always loved his music. So it was a big deal to me. But so that's as close. But still, again, he was at work when like it was just you know yeah. out and about. So I don't think I've ever run into anybody just out and about who was famous. Uh, I don't know how I'd act. You hear people talk about running into celebrities. Um, I'm like, man, I don't know. I've ever just been in a place a celebrity would be. I Dude, guess. check this out. <laughs> don't hang out at the country club in San Antonio. There's a. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, was the hell, homie. Yeah. Uh, no, the I was a. Uh, I was on a, you can ask Mike Leach this story too. Yeah. Uh, I was on a shuttle. I jumped onto a shuttle on LAX. I was mm -hmm. staying at LA, LAX. So I jumped on a shuttle to catch the airport. Mm -hmm. Dude stops the bus. He comes up and asks me for my autograph. Really? And I'm looking at him like, who do you think I am? And that's what I was like. I'm like, <laughs> who do you think I am? He goes, 
I don't know. Thought you might play, uh, might play for the Raiders. I was <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> and so yeah. Leach is sitting there like that happened. I'm like, not really. You're better than me, man. After a couple Troubadour shows, when people were coming up to get autographs, I was standing next to my buddy RC, and they'd hand me the CD, and I'd just sign it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I told Mike there's that a lot too. Of, there's a lot of people that were too drunk to realize I wasn't in the band. Dude, I'm, and I'm so I'm so full. With, uh, like I'm I'm regretful from the sense yeah. of like I should have signed that dude's hat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, All big and ugly. Yeah. Just. Yeah. All right, man. Keep it real. Stay in school. Yeah. You know whatever. Todd Snyder tells you a know? story like that about uh, he was playing a gig one time and. Uh, sound guy's like hey man you like nascar <laughs> he's like i don't know not really but i guess it's okay he's like yeah he's like well do you like and he named some famous nascar driver and he said he's here tonight and anyways he tells the story about how the dude shows up and he's like hey man you know sign my guitar and the dude just signs it like real big across up. he's like not like all cool like how willie's guitar is but just big like some you'd get at a charity <laughs> event you know i can't use it anymore i don't use it anymore and then he said that later on they went to a bar and said dude was just getting drunk and they said hey man get a drink it's on us and said he just ordered the most expensive drink and he said man this dude's a jerk and on said the barger came and said hey man that guy didn't tell you he was <laughs> so apparently he goes around telling people he's that <laughs> guy uh. <laughs> so anyway you have to look it up so todd snyder is uh, a guy that he's a singer and his stories between the songs are better than the songs sometimes. You got to check him out. Go on YouTube and just look up Todd Snyder story. Just put Todd Snyder story and look at all of them that come up and listen to them. You will be thoroughly entertained. Thoroughly Todd entertained. Todd Snyder. Oh, yeah. And I didn't ruin that story because he tells it better and longer than I did for sure. Yeah. All right, man. That's a good one to end on. All right. Let's put episode 75 in the can. Where are we at? Uh, just over an hour. Perfect. Cool. All right. That's it. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, got a shout out. All right. From the highly unapologetic podcast. Oh yeah. So if uh, if you're waiting for this one to come out or the next one to come out, or we happen to skip another one, yeah, then check their podcast out. Yeah. Anyway. Highly unapologetic.